Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. That's right. You're listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast. The alternative underground dive bar fan podcast of the Seattle Mariners. Brought to you by OB City Entertainment. And now, the host of the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast, Myron Sutner. Well, Hannah, we've made it to officially episode three. How you feeling? How you feeling about it? I'm glad to make it, make it this far. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, yeah. People, we've been getting some uh, little feedback, a little positive feedback, and I like it. You know, now we're going to start getting our shit together. We got to get the, uh, you know... The uh, Facebook, the Instagram, and the, you know... Uh, What's the other one? Twitter? Yeah, we, <laughs> we got to get that going here pretty soon. Uh, probably get a logo. How about a logo? Would you like a new little fresh logo for our, you know, a little, nice little, little thumbnail? Wouldn't that work? Yeah, yeah. Make, make some swag out of it. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, usually when I've tried to start podcasts or things like this, I've gotten the T-shirts. I've gotten the sweatshirts. I've paid monies for the logos. I got all the equipment. Then you Sometimes these things just don't follow through. And this time I said to myself, you got to earn that fucking logo. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, know, you got to earn that tattoo <laughs> that you're going to get, you know? <laughs> Somewhere where, you know, my girlfriend could only see it. But I definitely will be getting us a logo for the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast, which you are listening to right now on either Apple Podcast officially. Aren't we happy to be there? Apple, thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Audible. And I think Google Music, I got to check. Well, in any of the other places, especially Buzzsprout, which that's where you can check out our, uh, that's like our home uh, platform page is through Buzzsprout right now. Uh, kind of just learning the ropes of independently uh, 
producing a podcast from, you know, the ground up without much, you know, help. So we need the help from you guys. So if you can go on and like, subscribe, add, give us a good review, right? I mean, it's great when you uh, let us know by text and this and that, but come on, you need to make it official. Open or, it's, or it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. um, so okay. we are, uh, you know, here on episode three, we're going to, today we're going to obviously talk about the opening weekend at uh, T-Mobile Park. The big uh, win over the uh, Houston Astros, the series win over the Houston Astros. Of course, we got to talk about the Louis Louie thing, um, you know, and, you know, check in on some of the uh, players and, you know, do that baseball shit, Chris, right? We got to do that baseball yeah. shit today. And then check the polls of the Mariners, yep. Yep. And then, of course, you know, we're going to preview the uh, next series coming on in as advertised, the uh, Texas Rangers. And, you know, when I when I think of the Texas Rangers and just name association who, you know, didn't play for them very long, I always I'm always going to think of the triggering moment when they signed A-Rod in 2001. So I'd like to talk about that. I'd like to just get that off my chest, Chris. Yeah, I'm with you every time I see that logo and they say, you see that logo? Who do you think of? A Rod is the A Rod's the one. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. And uh, uh, another, um, you know, update here for the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast listeners: there will be an episode for this week on Friday. It's actually going to be part of uh, a new thing I'm bringing into the show. If you have read the descriptions or heard all the promises I've made, I am going to have people from the television and uh, movie industry that I know down here in Hollywood. You know, the people I know, the people I rub shoulders with. Yeah, I'm going to get them. Um, uh, this week I got my good friend and collaborator, Vladimir Perez. You can look him up. He's been on uh, numerous, he's been in numerous shows, movies, things. You probably recognize him. He was in uh, I'm Big in France, Murderville, Friendsgiving, uh, fucking uh Modern Family, ever heard of it? Lucifer, did I say that? And oh, oh, and I also got a shout out my niece and nephew's uh, favorite show, uh, Diary of a Future President, on Apple or on Disney Plus. You can check that out. But anyways, Vlad Perez, he's a lifelong uh, New York Yankees fan. He's from Brooklyn and Connecticut and that area. Uh, we're gonna have a fun, spirited discussion, um, you know, with a Yankees fan. And I'm calling the uh, segments now, calling it, like, as I promised, they're going to be called the Hollywood Hot Corner. That's all I got, guys. That's what it's going to be called, so check that out. But first, let's check out today's episode here of the Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast. What episode, Chris? Three. Coming right at you. Now we got you recording, but so you got, so you got, you put a, what is it, a bed light? No, just took out the light bulb and put a red light in. Oh, so when she sees you the know, red light, that means it's. It means work. we're recording. I've worked, uh, you know, my job, I go to different commercial buildings and at Fox, they have a, a on-air thing that shows when you're in the hallway walking yep. by and stuff, so. I just thought it was kind of funny, you know, taking this pretty serious, you know. That is a nice touch. That is a nice touch. I like it. I like it. It means you're taking, you know, this podcast serious, and this is 
You know, like uh, I said, yeah. these ones count now. These ones count. That episode mm-hmm. zero a while ago didn't count. These ones count. And now yeah, we're going to look officially episode three. <clears throat> Excuse me. Russell Wilson episode? What? I don't bring that guy's name up on this. I, I I don't even care that we're okay. I guess you could bring it up today because we're gonna preview the, you know, Texas Rangers. So I guess you could. Well, he's on the Yankees now, right? He got traded. Yeah, but he was drafted by them, so it kind of correlates. Okay, yeah, kind of correlates. And, uh, I guess that can make the know. cut. Okay, good. I, you know, two for two. Two for two. You are two for two. Well, you know what? This is episode three. We just had opening weekend. Uh, against the hated Houston Astros. But, you know, before we get into that, what what do you think the talk of the town is? Is the talk of the town that we're 5-5? Five and five? Is the talk of the Mariners town that we, you know, beat the American League champions and the division winners for the last five years, right? Is that the yeah. big story coming out of, of opening weekend? Or is it the story... <laughs> Of of the Seattle Mariners playing a Macklemore song instead of the Kingman's Louie Louie. Because I think yeah. that's the hot topic. It is the hot topic. You know, surprisingly, it's not the wave. It's not the sodfather, Bob Christopherson, and the ground crew dancing in the middle of the innings. It's the Louie Louie song. Yeah, I don't understand why that change was made. I know, I guess Macklemore was there, uh, you know, but if I was Macklemore and I'm such a, a huge, uh, you know, Seattle sports aficionado, a minority owner of the Kraken, like he knows that this is a tradition. Why would, why would he want that? So I wonder if that's going to continue. I don't know if it happened after the first night. My uh, first knowledge of it was my sister text me who was down there. And I just thought it was like, whatever, you were probably drunk and you just missed it. But no, you know, it's taken over, you know, social media, Mariner social media. It's been on, you know, the, the radio shows. <laughs> this, this really happened. I guess this is our... Uh, you know, this is our like Will Smith's Chris Rock slap, right? The, to yeah, the Mariners exactly. fans, because it feels like a slap in the face to the history. No doubt. I mean, do they take Sweet Caroline out of uh, Boston? No, no, but they don't. And like Louie Louie's such a cool song, right? I mean, it's an infamous song. If you don't know, look this up. If you if you don't know what the history of Louie Louie is, it is like actually the first album that actually had an explicit, you know, uh, rating to it because I guess in the song it's very muffled or covered up, but the the drummer drops the drumsticks and says fuck. So, and how they found that out was because this song was investigated for two years by the FBI. This one, this was on J. Edgar Hoover's desk. I mean, this U.S. Attorney General Robert Kennedy, Kennedy saw this. Robert Kennedy, the biggest, you know, you know, go-getter cop there ever was, investigated this song. And so to have such an infamous song by, you know, a group from Seattle or or what I think they're from Seattle. And it's been a part of, you know, pop culture for so many years. It's been covered for, it's been covered, uh, I think, close to 2,000 times. This is a staple of a song. It's The, the hook is fun. I always look forward to it 
at the seventh inning stretch. Uh, one of the more infamous seventh inning stretch, I believe the Kingsman played at the Kingdom the night Randy Johnson threw his no-hitter in 1990. I'm pretty sure he did. That was the first time also that they didn't play Take Me Out to the Ball Game. They just had the Louie Louie song. Did you know that? I did not know that. They yeah. just were like off in the stand somewhere and, and bumped out a set real quick to that song. Yeah, I believe so, or they were in center field or something. But, I mean, the bottom line is you, I'm I'm not a traditionalist. Like, certain things I'm okay with. Yes, change the DH or get rid of the shift or let's have a pitch clock. But you don't go and you don't go change, uh, like, culture things at a stadium unless they're offensive. And I don't know how that song is offensive to anybody else besides, you know, uh, J. Edgar Hoover, who's dead. Yeah, I mean, reading online, some people are saying this has been going on for 30 years of Mariner baseball, you know. Then some of the other people are saying, well, let's change it up. We haven't been in the playoffs for 20 years. We need to change. We need a more upbeat song for the younger crowd. Oh, that's going to do it. Up. That's yeah, going to exactly. change it. No, you change the damn uniforms and the look before you change the seventh inning stretch song. That's Yes, that's part of tradition. It's a fun song. You know, it was in Animal House. It kind of has like a drinking kind of, you know, party atmosphere to it, which is also the last time you can get a drink. That's basically last call, right, at a stadium. It fits perfect. It's fun. And, you know, the, the whole Macklemore thing, that's, to me, that's Seahawks football, uh, you know, championship year, 2013-14. It has its place in Seattle history. When I hear that song, I think of, you know, the Seahawks. I automatically think of the Seahawks. I automatically think of Macklemore, you know, in one of the more like uh, famous uh, locker room speeches where Pete Carroll's in there and they're dancing around with Macklemore and this and that. And that, you know, he, he was, yeah, he has the My Oh My song he made. But come on, this is Louie Louie. This has been part of history. I think it's stupid. Hopefully, you know, if he has any sense, he'll ask for it to be, uh, you know, his song to be not used for that. If this is something that's going forward, I don't know if this happened the next two nights, but opening night, I'm sure a lot of Mariners fans in a packed house were just about to, you know, write it when it's one, two, three strike to route at the old ball game. We're all ready to hear yeah and then all of a sudden it's a macklemore song no the uss mariner fans caught on quick and knew something was off you know so then they started paying attention to game two and game three and now it's just blown up into uh the the opening lineup on the uh sports talk shows today you know yeah i just i just it's stupid, but there were some there were some tweets. I'm gonna uh, read a couple of tweets that were out there about it because you know that's always fun. We had a a tweet by Devon Beck. Twitter, NPR, and other things are not happy about Macklemore replacing Louie Louie. He's been forced on us. Now he's a Kraken owner. My reaction to finally losing. A forever running bet with the M's, always playing Louie Louie after a game and take me out to the ball game. So this guy lost a bet. Uh, somebody, uh, Action Zach says, 
I'm preparing a class action lawsuit against the Mariners concerning their replacement of Louie Louie. Oh, I could see that being, you know, that could go to the highest courts, you know, just like this song. This song went to the highest courts. <laughs> uh, yeah, Larry, Larry Stone ran an Insta poll and 60% had Pete Louie, 24% had Pete McLemore, 10% had changed to a different song. And then six percent had nothing at all, and that was early in the voting process with already thirteen hundred votes. So the only thing I could possibly think you could switch out Louie Louie for and keep a Seattle thing is if we had Sir Mixalot's Sir Mixalot's Swap Meet Louie, which is a great song. I could get that, but you know, I mean, why why change this? That's about the only constant fun thing that has always happened at the Mariners games over the years, right? That's been a winner. You know, the Mariners haven't been a winner. That song in the seventh inning stretch has been a winner. Oh, yeah. I mean, I give I give much props. It seems like the Mariners PR staff and marketing team has really changed things up. Things have, that they've been putting out this year are really good. I think they've maybe just gone a little too far with this. Yeah, and, and, and I could see them, you know, listening to the fan base because, you know, that's what social media can help. Here's a couple more. Here's a couple more tweets. Uh, Heather Barr says, "The Mariners replacing Louie Louie with Macklemore is a fireable offense. It pisses me off so much more than it should have." Annie J says, "At Brittany Bush, I feel like I missed something. No Louie Louie at the stretch. What the fuck, Mariners?" And then my sister sent <laughs> said this to me in a text. My mom's friend wrote. The Mariners, an email. I wish we could get a copy of that email. Let's try to get it. I'll try to get it. <laughs> but uh, he's, uh, I mean, I'm just kind of happy that the tweets are that in a way instead of saying, boy, Jared Kelnick's a Dustin Ackley reincarnated. So that's a, I'm a little happy that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, there's some games happening this week and this weekend. We'll we'll keep uh we'll keep our, our eyes and ears ready, head on the swivel. Yeah, with the seventh o'clock start tomorrow, seventh inning that should be around oh nine o'clock to be able to start getting ready and tuning in to see if uh any changes are made. I'm gonna set an alert. Have... I'm gonna set <laughs> an alert on my phone. <laughs> Hit me at the seventh inning. Hey, everybody. Okay, so, well, anyways, let's get out of the controversy and let's get into some baseball, right? You know, that's what the hell I got you on here to break down what happened. How I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Two out of three, two dominating wins, and, you know, we ran into Verlander. What are you going to do about that? But, I mean, the opening day game could, or opening evening game, I should say, couldn't have gone any better. What was it, an 11 to 1 win or 11 to 0? 11 to 1? Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, you know, everybody got a hit. Kind of felt like that. Everybody had a moment. You know, the, the pitchers were striking people out. 
the crowd was into it the whole entire game until this Macklemore, you know, situation. But then they hopped right back onto it, and, you know, the Mariners came away with a huge win, huge win. I really enjoyed uh, Jesse Winkler's <laughs> interview after the game. If you have not heard that, go search it out. He uses some, uh, you know, foul language, you know, the kind of shit we can say on here. Uh, but he was just really excited. I think he thought that's how every game was going to be with like 45,000 fans, but he was pumped up, happy to be in Seattle. That was his first days in, day in Seattle. I don't think he'd ever been to Seattle. So that's got to be an amazing feeling to have a couple knocks in the game and, you know, have a just a, just a romp of a win, right? Yeah, I mean, we saw Adam Frazier in the first road trip, you know, not really get off to an outstanding start, but he came through with, Four hits, two doubles, a triple. And what do you have, four RBIs yep. in that first game? Yep, he's the first Mariner out of the leadoff spot to have four hits and four RBIs in a game since 2004. And you know who did that in 2004, right? Area 51 and Ichi, the guy who threw out the first pitch. Absolutely, and he looked good throwing out the first pitch. I mean, that guy does not age. The only thing, you know, if you give him a, you know, a bottle of just for men and show him how to use it. You wouldn't even know he's his age. You'd think he's 35 years old, still 31, maybe even younger. Yeah. I was reading. He wore his 2001 uniform. Uh, hopefully that, uh, breaks the curse, our 20 year curse. And, uh, you know, gives us some good luck going into this year. Yeah. It was like the end of the year issue Jersey. Cause it had the big American flag right above the neck. So, you know, that was a post nine 11 outfit. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, it looked a little dingier and you know, our uniforms actually have gotten better. I have to say, I always go, they don't change. They do his uniform, you know, kind of look like one of those little league uniforms where everybody's got the new little league jerseys and, you know, like some kid that, you know, they're either really fat or really small or they joined the team last. They kind of get that that old jersey that's been hanging out in the bag. That's what that that's what that uniform looked like to me. <laughs> yeah. But, yes, he got out there on the mound and he threw that ball hard. Yeah, and then uh, showing his defense or showing Ichiro like defense in that series in the second game, even though uh, – we the bats went cold again, and the Mariners fans are here. We go again. Julio Rodriguez made a great diving, Mike Cameron type catch in the outfield. He did, and, uh, and Verlander was just Verlander. I mean, he was just on point. There's nothing you're there's nothing you're gonna do when you got a first ballot Hall of Fame pitcher out there, and he's just has his A game going. There's just nothing you can do about it. You got to hope for, you know, some bad defense and you can't really give up any other runs. You got to just hope you get to the bullpen and hope it's close. And I feel like Flexen gave us a chance. He kept us in the game there. They just couldn't get the bats going in game two. Yeah, Flexen pitched his game good enough to win. Like I said, the bats were cold, but man, Verlander's slider was on point. He was moving all around the zone. His sequencing was just amazing. And he just quieted the M's like he has done many times before. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, game three on Sunday, the rubber match. We had Mike, M- Matt Brash out there on the mound. And local press was like, he didn't have his stuff. He had a lot of walks. He got a lot of help from these double plays. Then I read this national 
uh, article because I get the MLB like morning lineup email. If you don't do that, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. You should do it. it you just sign up with MLB, and it basically sends you like nine you know hot like articles or whatever. And I didn't realize this. He didn't give up a hit though until the sixth inning in that game. You know, during when they were going to commercial break and they put the line score down there, I didn't realize that either. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, you know. He was effectively wild. He walked the first batter, I think, in the first four straight innings. And uh, then he got that strike him out, throw him out in the first, and then at three straight inning-ending double plays. I mean, it, it was it, it's good to see a Mariner pitcher not have their best but also be that dominant and keep you in the game. Yeah, and just letting the other – like seven players behind you in the field, you know, help you out. You know how that is being a player where there's nothing worse than playing behind just to strike out and strike out or walk pitcher. It's, it's, it's when the whole team's playing and getting the ball and stuff like that, it's, it's very enjoyable to a play and watch. Right. And it's, and it's, and it's, you know, that's what you, that's what you want as a, as a player out there. So, I mean, I'm sure his team appreciated him just, after every walk, just bouncing back and, you know, keeping the ball on the ground. Oh, yeah, JP, so many balls were hit to him, and he was just making that easy 6-3 put out left and right. I mean, at least he he must have at least had about five of those in that game. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it, it was crazy. And in the infield, the, yeah, the double plays, there's a lot of throwing that ball around the horn, and like I said, that's fun. That's, that's always fucking fun. Yeah, and he still had his strikeouts, so – I mean, he. I liked that service sent him out to the second game in a row to uh, pitch to the third um, time to the lineup. Yeah, he struggled. He gave up that home run just like he did his first time out. But, I mean, that's going to help build him up and be ready. He has not pitched that much in the last couple of years. And we're going to need him to go a little bit deeper, even though we got this lockout bullpen, as you know. I mean, it's been a real pleasant not surprised, but it's they're looking just as good as last year, and I would thought they might have a little regression. Yeah, I mean, so did I. And I also feel like, though, this year, I think our pitchers are going to get, you know, further into the game than they did last year. Even if it's an inning a game, it always adds up. But the, the bullpen did get a chance to protect a lead in this game, and they were lights out. You know, you had Seawald who came in and got two huge strikeouts and got out of that inning. Steckenrider came in there. Yeah, he gave up a walk, but that walk did not come around to score. Munoz, that strikeout against El Tuve was rocking. That stadium was rocking on Sunday. That You know, and El Tuve is, you know, probably the toughest out in all of baseball. He got him out. And then, you know, Castillo's out there with his new swag. I like the way he looks this year. He's got the chains out popping. He's got that confidence. Yes, they look like a lockdown bullpen. And with the day off, you know, Scott Service knew, like, hey, I can empty out the bullpen right here. And these guys came out there throwing their hard stuff. Yeah, what really surprised me was really noticing how the Mariners are now, at least in this series, seem to be equal man for man against the Astros. The gap has shortened. I think Houston knows that. I was also looking at some uh, Houston Astro, uh, you know, beat reporter stuff today. And the the optimism, it's so interesting how, like, you can win a series or lose a series by a game and how the headlines are different. And, you know, they're wondering, whoa, 
Astros five and five start. This doesn't look like it's going to be as an, an easy road this year, and I don't think it is. No, and you know Marco Gonzalez was one and six against the Astros' career. Uh, Chris Flexen was one and five. I mean, it takes two out of three and thump them for two games. That feels good. Yeah, and again. I think everybody went home happy this weekend and you know, the fans seem like they were having a blast in there. People are into it. Uh, those, those guys playing cosplay with the Mariners uh, jerseys that were, who, what was that all about? They were, they were dressed up like the classic Mariners from the nineties, like Randy Buner. Yeah. Each uh, um, Rich Amaral, Joey Cora, <laughs> Dan Wilson was in catcher's gear. Griffey had on the Griffey shoes with his hat backwards, with his glove tucked in his in the back of his belt. They're wearing their teal uniforms. Um, it was it was ninety five all over again. They were getting a lot of clicks. That's for sure. Yeah, hopefully these guys keep coming back. That's the kind of like culture we need in the stadiums. I I really love the dress up cosplay stuff. It reminds me of when I go to like wrestling. Yeah, I, I love wrestling. Last year I went with my girlfriend to. Uh, money in the bank in Texas and you know we brought the belt down and <laughs> all this and that because it's people dress up and they wear like old retro stuff and I really like seeing that you see that at football games quite a bit you don't see it as much at Mariner games or you know no, baseball games but I would really love for the sport of baseball to attract this like you know fun dress up cosplay yeah I mean like you said we got defense at the Seahawk games we have the rally kid now at the Mariners, and now these guys, the different characters, it's, it's fun to see. Yeah, and the center field uh, cam, every time they were going over the center field cam on, in the uh, broadcast, that place was going bananas. Yeah, number one jersey out there I, I was seeing was the Griffey. I did not see your Ken Griffey Jr. jersey, but there was a ton. That was the most dominant jersey <laughs> I saw out there. Of course. And you know what? Like, it always is. It's pretty much that or Edgar jerseys is what I've always owned. But I'm still debating which new Mariner jersey I'm probably going to get. It's probably going to be JP. I like a single-digit jersey if I can get one. I also feel like I'm going to have a lot of time to get a Julio one or other players, but JP just signed a five-year contract. That means he'll at least be here three to four years, right? And if things go right, you know, hopefully we're talking about an extension in a couple of years. Yep, yep, you're right. And I call the JK jersey just so we get that out. Okay, okay, you get the JK, I'll get the JP. We'll call it, we'll call it, we'll call it a day. And, you know, one other thing I want to say about opening weekend, there was a lot, there was a good turnout, but there was also a lot of other things going on in town. There was a Sounders game, I heard, and a cracking game, you know, uh, but Mariners still yeah, had a good turnout. Yeah, Mariners still had a good turnout. They had a sellout on Friday. You know, T-Mobile's, you know, looking looking like the place to be this summer. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to get up there this week and uh, check out some games. Yeah, speaking of that, one thing I noticed, you know how the Mariners every opening day right in on the dirt with a diamond dry or something the year 2022? Yep. And they've been doing it for years. I, I just wish that they would get a little bit more creative like some of these other ballparks and like use something to grass, you know, to 
um, mow in like their logo, like the compass rose in the infield and use the pitcher's mound as uh, the ball, like on the logo of the Mariner hat, the compass rose. Um, you know, maybe I'm just seeing anal and tired of seeing the Cubs have it, the right, the White Sox, the Dodgers, you know, with the LA in center field, but I think that would be cool. I'm getting a little tired of the. So you're calling out the 20. grounds crew. You're calling the grounds crew out. You know what? You've been on the grounds crew ever since, uh, <laughs> ever since the Chicago's grounds crew got a little dirty with us last week where you're just like, Hey, this, this ground crew, this ground crew needs to put on, put up, get a little more edge to their game. You know, they need yeah. to break out the edger and get a little more edge to their name. I guess is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching every part of the game, even the ground too. But I will say T-Mobile looked beautiful. The grass was so green. I mean, they don't get the sunlight up here as much. And probably the grow lights were working overtime this winter. But I thought the field looked outstanding. It was just a little get off my lawn. That's what I'd like to see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, speaking of T-Mobile, they are upgrading their, what, Diamond Club? It's a what fifty million dollar uh, renovation? Is that what's yeah, yeah, up in uh, where the media sits now, right behind home plate. It's going to be like a expanded field view diamond club. I don't know the exact name, but I think you're right. So fifty million dollars. How do you feel about a fifty million dollars of the Mariners' money going into the diamond club? Well, we could we could have used that to, for another. Uh, you know, third baseman maybe, but I don't <laughs> yeah. know. It's yeah. all about the fan experience, but part of the fan experience is putting a winner on the field. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that I I know what you're saying. I've I've <laughs> yes, but yeah, five and five. You know, uh, it's after uh, going through a little losing streak and playing well against the Astros, who we struggled with. Now uh, with the new look Rangers coming into town, and then KC. Uh, I hope we can pull another series out of both of those. Yeah, but, you know, this 5-5 five and five that we're speaking of, you know, it's not like they, they were out there playing shitty teams. They were not playing shitty teams. They Good were, point. Yeah, they were playing, you know, the Chicago White Sox, who some consider a World Series team. Uh, Minnesota Twins made some huge moves. They're probably... They probably have the same amount of expectations that the Mariners do this year, so you're on the same level. And you've just played the reigning AL champions who were World Series champions, whether, you know, by hook or crook a couple of years ago. And, you know, that 5-5 five and five going through that stretch, most of it being on the road, a lot of it being under terrible, you know, weather elements. I'm happy with it. I'm happy with being at 500 with Texas coming into town, which they should be able to uh, have a good chance to win that series. Our lineup, I mean, our rotation, you know, starts off from the top and, uh, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. I'll preach it all year. Just win series, baby. Instead of the Al Davis saying, just win, baby. Mine is just win series, baby. Well, let me just say this. And, you know, now that we have the Texas Rangers coming in town, a team that we have a very good chance of winning this series, I feel like, especially because the rotation starts over right now. And, uh, you know, we get Ray, we get Logan, 
and you're getting Marco, right? One, two, and three in this series. That's a good yeah, that's a good chance. And, you know, our lineup's looking good with or without Hanniger. It's still looking good and long. You know, JP being in the middle of the order is really good, you know, because all the guys are getting on base in front of him. So he's 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 last year he was, you know, the spot for him was the leadoff spot that he moved into and everybody was like, Why fuck with it if it's if it's not broke, you know? But Adam Frazier's just a whole nother level from the leadoff spot, and this gives JP a good chance to knock in runs. And I kind of like how the end of the lineup is the catcher and the young guys and being like, hey, you guys figure this out down here. Yeah, you're right. And we we, we owned Texas last year. I know they, they signed a couple high, high, high-dollar free agents, but I think we played about 750 ball against them last year. So it's it's going to be a good series, but I like our chances with our top three guys going and the way we're hitting the ball now and with hitting with, and with hitting with runners in scoring position. Exactly. It's, it's, I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping, you know, uh, with the Texas Rangers, they're coming in here. We got some new faces on that team. Marcus Simeon. This was a person of interest as far as the press <laughs> says for the Mariners all off season. He was kind of like, the first person we were really going, one of the first people would seem like, ooh, this is a perfect match. He played in the AL West. Uh, you know, we could use a second baseman with some with some with some offensive pop. But I think we found the second baseman that fits perfectly. I wouldn't have it any other way. I do like Marcus Simeon, but I am very happy to have Adam Frazier. Yeah, me too. If he has a terrible series, then we're going to have to get rid of him. Yeah, well, if he has a terrible series, at least it doesn't cost as much as Marcus Simeon having a terrible no. series. No, I know. And, of course, uh, one of the Seegers is back in the house. Corey Seeger will be in the house with the Rangers this weekend. What's he, a $350 million guy? Yeah, probably worth every penny. Yeah, well, that's you know that's a hundred and what twenty five million more than A Rod signed for in the year two thousand and one. Correct. Which I would like to talk about because of something that reminded me of this whole Alex Rodriguez thing when I was thinking of something for the Texas Rangers was the booing that happened this weekend at T Mobile, especially when Bergman was up, but more, I would say more especially when Altuve was up. They weren't even booing him when he came to the plate. They were booing him on every pitch. No, you're right. It was loud, and it was on par with the hatred and the booing and the throwing of Monopoly money when A-Rod made his return to Seattle. And it was just that loud this weekend, I think. I wasn't there, but do you remember that in 2001 when uh, the Seattle Mariners uh, could not, bring back Alex Rodriguez to an our to a team that was, you know, a couple games away from going to the World Series the year before without Ken Griffey Jr., you being the marquee guy, they had they re-signed Edgar, uh, they went out and they got Ichiro. They you know, put a team together that was ready for the World Series or bust. Offered him a good amount of money, and he turned it down because he wanted to go to Texas, and he said, what What did he say, Chris? Like, winning is the most important thing. Yeah, and I, to me, from what I remember, it seemed like Texas kind of came out of nowhere. I thought he might be going, you know, to New York or L.A. 
or possibly back home to Miami. But Texas came in there with that big contract from Sean Hicks, and it was an easy decision for him. Yeah, for the Mariners history segment, just really quickly, I want to play uh, a, a news report from ESPN that took place in April of 2001, so 21 years ago, when A-Rod came back with the Texas Rangers for the first time. Well, Alex Rodriguez has his support network in tow with him. His agent, Scott Boris, has been with him in Oakland and now Seattle. Rafael Palmero called what happened Monday night to Rodriguez in Seattle the hardest thing I've seen a player go through. Well, Harold Reynolds spent some time with Rodriguez on the day he returned to Seattle. I've always liked Texas. I've always loved playing here. I've played well here over the years. I couldn't be happier to be in Texas. I mean that very sincerely. We're at Safeco Field before the arrival of Alex Rodriguez. It's peaceful now, but a storm is coming. It's a rod for dirt as we know it. You know the story tonight. Alex Rodriguez makes his return to Safeco Field. Kim and Monroe, you're on KJR. Andrew on the car phone. Every time there's a ground ball hitting his direction, you boo him before he even makes the play. And Boo the crap out of him. The guy's useless. I'm going to boo him tonight because I hate the guy. His ego is going to drive Texas into the ground. We are ready for the return of Alex Rodriguez. Hell yeah! Anybody want to put this paper for just a quarter? Are you going to boo or are you going to cheer? I'm not going to boo him. I'm going to boo. Cheer. I'm going to boo him. Cheer, for sure. I'll probably boo. Hi, sweet. I'll probably boo. Boo! I'm just going to turn my back. He had said, you know, that it wasn't about the money, and in the end it was. And so I'm going to carry a sign that says, sold out, because I think that's what he did. <laughs> There's a preconceived notion out there that, that people want to kill me, and I think uh, the response has been... <laughs> Although I'm going to walk up to John Olderwood, I might be playing with his helmet tonight on the field. I hope that, that these fans uh, can cheer for him. He did a lot of great things here in Seattle, but I'm not sure how they're going to react. If they boo, I think... Um... You know, it's good. It's good. It's exciting. It's good for baseball. Maybe if I was there and I was a, a 15-year-old boy, maybe I would blow. I'm sure it hurt a little bit, but uh, knowing Alex, he'll get over it and he'll he'll take it in stride and go on. I, I know he understands the situation, how fans feel. I, I just don't think the fans understand how he feels. We always talk about the athletes not being good role models. There's going to be a lot of role models in the stand tonight can make an impression on young kids and probably their own kid if they just take care of themselves. I don't care what comes out of their mouths. I still love them. And here's shortstop Alex Rodriguez. Swing and a ground ball to third. Bell has it, throws the second, and it's just in time. One hopper, past the diving shortstop. Alex Rodriguez in the center. Here's the pitch, swung on a line drive into center field. Cameron comes up, can't get there. It's a base hit for Alex. The wind and the pitch. Swing and a ground ball wide of the mound. Franklin gets to it. Racing A-Rod gets to the bag in time. The 0-2 pitch to A-Rod on the way. Swing and a miss. He cut him out and lets him come. Are you glad the night is over or you wish you were still uh, continuing through this? I'm glad it's over. I mean, uh, it came and uh, it was a fun night. It was exciting. Uh, they were loud. I mean, they were in mid-season form today. And, uh, that just shows what great fans they are, because uh, that's what I remember them as, and uh, it was great to see these guys again. When we come back here on Baseball Tonight, the troubles of the White Sox. Herbert Perry's home run, would it be the way it would go the entire night or not? 
So, <laughs> first thing about that video, you got just right away there using Rafael Palmero's like words as, "Hey, listen, Rafael Palmero said this is the worst thing he's seen any major league player go through." <laughs> Boy, he said that a little early, right? You know, a couple of years later, I think he was sitting there pointing his finger, wagging it, and lying to you know lying to the highest court in the land, right? I think that might yeah. be maybe the worst thing he's seen. But, yeah, and there there was a lot of angry people. That report was from Baseball Tonight in 2001. A lot of, a lot of guys with puka shell necklaces, hoop earrings, you know, the baggy pants. The, there's a lot of guys that look like Eminem in that. You can just check that out on YouTube. It just put in Alex Returns to Seattle. It's actually posted by... Uh, your favorite radio station here, Sports Radio KJR, 9.50 a.m., now 93.3. Yeah, well, the cut that I enjoyed the most was uh, hearing good old Dave Niehaus again making that call. You know, he was the one who came up with the nickname A-Rod. But uh, I remember after that first series headline in the Seattle Times sports section was not A-Rod returned to town. It was a fraud. Yeah, in in this, scene, in this video, you can see a lot of the signs. There's a pay rod. There's a a rod. There's a nimrod. There's a a fraud. There's a a fraud. There's a k rod. <laughs> there's a f rod. There's a Rodriguez. There's sellout. There's Mission Impossible. You know, uh, we are so over you is a good one. Um, you know, and the guy that <laughs> says he's going to turn his back, it had uh, a fraud and the a dollar sign instead of the numbers. It was a raucous crowd. I wasn't there. I just was starting college down at Fresno State that year. But I do remember, um, you know, thinking that was going to sink the ship that year. It did not. Uh, we, you know, again, 116 games. Yes, we. it was a heartbreaking end of that year. But, you know, 43 games better than the Texas Rangers, uh, you know, finished. Yeah, for $250 million per year for, what, seven years. So, yeah. Way to shove it back in his face that year. Well, anyways, I think we're running out of time here. What are you, what are you looking forward to in this next three-game series and uh, the upcoming Kansas City Royal Series? Is there anything you got to say about the Kansas City Royal Series? Uh, no, it'll just be a battle. They have a hot shot. Number one uh, prospect in uh, Witt Jr., the third baseman. So yes. it'll be a battle of him versus Julio. And, yeah, so it'll be great. Uh, I'll be looking forward to catching you and Vlad Perez. He's a big Yankee fan, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. Life, lifelong uh, guy. And, if it, you know, Vlad Perez is a good, good friend of mine, a collaborator I've been working with for years. You know, he's he's been on, you know, Modern Family, Lucifer. He was in the movie Friendsgiving, uh, Murderville recently. And, I'm, and of course, he's in my... Uh, my niece's uh, favorite show, uh, Diary of a Future President, on the Disney Plus. On Disney Plus, check him out, Vladimir Perez. He will be with me this week uh, on the episode that comes out this Friday here on Rye Bread and Mustard. And again, if uh, you like what we're doing and you want to share this, that would be great. You now can get us on uh, Apple Podcasts officially, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Amazon, Audible, and of course Buzzsprout, and other places that you get your podcast. Just look for Rye Bread and Mustard. Look up Mariners. Like, subscribe. Please rate us. Um, you know, send us an email if you want. If you want to email us, it's at ryebreadandmustard at gmail.com. 
keep checking it on the Instagram and the Twitter and the Facebook. I promise it's coming. We've just been busy. We're just a one or two man show here right now. Um, also, uh, working on a logo, going to get an official logo. Uh, and we're, you know, we're going to look and feel legit. Right, Chris? Yeah. So I'm closing the, uh, podcast out and glad being a Yankee fan from a Yankee big time announcer. All his home run call is see ya. <laughs> yeah. And before we get out of here, can I please get that charge? Can I please get a charge? Charge. All right. That's the rye bread and mustard Mariners podcast episode three. We'll see you soon. Oh shit. My headphones fell off. All right. That's a fucking wrap.